Hey guys, welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. Before I forget, let me move this TV to the right area because as you see, this light is out, which is great. And this place is falling apart. And so over here you can see me. And so if I can put this in the shadows, you won't see how dirty it is. And it will also protect me from going into the darkness. So um, my name is John. I don't know if I told you that. Welcome if it's your first time. So if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you heard me talk about the fact that my buddy Adam works here. He was running the slides at the back of the room, and he's not so great. And I asked you to pray for him so that we can make it through this day. Um, so my friend Sarah's running it today, and she's given him a run for his money. So if you can, I just asked if I can make fun of her. Um, anyway, we appreciate his hard running these slides, and she was like the first service. It's her first time ever doing it. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's so hard. We'll get through it together. So... Um, this is our second week talking about the Holy Spirit. It's the first time we've ever done a two-week series. It's the first time we've ever really done a series on the Holy Spirit. And last week, I just destroyed you guys with so much information about the Holy Spirit. You were sucking wind. But our hope was that you could leave last week and know more about the Holy Spirit than you ever had before, that you could talk to anybody about them and school them on the topic. And we did all that so that this week, when we get into the practical aspect of the Holy Spirit. You have a better idea of what's happening in your life. So if you're new to this church, you may not know that we started almost three years ago, and we launched this church to reach a couple of different groups of people. Number one, we started the church to reach folks who have had no experience with God whatsoever. Secondly, we started this church to reach the group of people who have had a bad experience with church. Imagine that happening. And then we've asked Christians to come along for the ride to help us reach those two former groups. And most of my friends and family fall into the category of kind of have given up on church or maybe have no experience at all. And when I talk to them, whether it's at the gym or at a social event or whatever, a lot of times they'll say things like, hey, you know, if I show up at DHC, the ceiling is going to collapse, that kind of a thing. You've probably maybe at one time in your life said that as well. And they'll say things like, you know, John, part of the reason I don't come to church is that when I look at Christians, I just see these people that have it all together. You know, their, their lives are great, and their marriages are success, and they're happy, and, and they're, they're joyful, and that's not really me. You know, I'm a, I'm a hot mess. I can't really compare or compete with this idea of what a Christian should look like, so I just don't come, and I don't show up. What they don't know is that we have a little help. And my goal today is to kind of pull back the curtain, so to speak, and let them in on a secret that we're all keeping, that perhaps we're not as good as they think we are, and that we have some help that they don't. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that I talked about last week is that ignorance abounds. Ignorance abounds because the local church, let me pull this back, I can't see it. The local church has not really properly taught um, who he is, what he does, and how he operates in this world. And, and I, I, I talked about last week that often the Holy Spirit is referred to or described as a power or a force. You know, we'll use the pronoun it to describe it. And the reason that we decided that we do this is because the New Testament authors, when they first encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time in their life, was, was trying to find human words to describe what they were seeing. And they said, well, the Holy Spirit is like a dove, and it's like wind. And it seemed to be like fire. What we decided at the end of our discussion last week is that the Holy Spirit is actually a person. 
Now, the Holy Spirit's not just a person. The Holy Spirit is God, and it resides in the hearts of all believers. So after last week, a lot of good discussion happened. Um, I don't know if you, you know, talked about what you heard, but right after the service was done, somebody grabbed me and they said, hey, let me ask you a question. I understand what you're saying, most of it at least. When does the Holy Spirit come in to the believer? When does that actually happen? So what you just need to know, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, when you say yes to Jesus, in that moment, it is called you are being baptized by the Holy Spirit. In that exact moment, as soon as you utter the words, I believe, the Spirit of God enters your life and takes up residence. The question we want to talk about today is, why does he live in you? Why does God himself take up residence inside of all of us? So for today, just to give you some context as to where this is all going to take place, you have to understand that Jesus is just getting ready to leave the earth, okay? He has reached the end of what's called his three-year earthly ministry. He will be crucified very soon, and he is going to be heading back to God the Father. And in this section, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. But we can learn a lot from what he's saying. Take a look at what he says to them. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's how he describes the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. And then he says this. Listen to what he says. He goes, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's better for you that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you and if I go away, I'll send him to you. So if you're like me and you read this, maybe you ask yourself the question, what could be better than having Jesus literally in your presence? Let me think about that for a second. What could be better than, I wish Jesus were right here right now. In fact, the scripture says to those of you who have said yes to Jesus that you are particularly blessed because you believe in him having not seen him. And I got to be honest with you, I would give pretty much anything to see Jesus. There will be a time in all of our lives when we move on and we will see him, but imagine what it would be like to see him right now, and yet he's telling his guys, it's actually better that I go. I know you want me here, but it's better that I go. The question is, why? Why does he need to go? So someone after last week asked me, John, let me ask you a question. I understand God the Father, I understand Jesus, but why the Holy Spirit? Why can't Jesus just do it all? Why do you have to have the Holy Spirit? Well, the reason you have to have the Holy Spirit and the reason it was better that Jesus would go, and you may not know this, but Jesus was not omnipresent. You may have thought he was. Omnipresent means you can be everywhere at once. You know that God the Father is, but Jesus wasn't. If Jesus was in Bethlehem, he couldn't be in Jerusalem. If Jesus were in Jerusalem, he couldn't be in Fort Lauderdale. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit can be many places, in many people, forever. That's why the Holy Spirit had to come. So the word that I want to kind of land on today is the word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit, and he called it the helper. I think this is, there's so much that we could say, and like I joked around about, you could do 16 weeks on the Holy Spirit, and, um, but the reality is that I think for today, I just want to, there's so much we could say, but I think we just need to talk about the word helper and ask the question, how does the Holy Spirit help us? I mean, if you've said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit has entered your life, how is the Holy Spirit actively 
helping you in ways that perhaps you never realized, in ways that perhaps you need to be reminded of. So the first big category that the Holy Spirit is helping you in is that he helps us gain understanding. Let me talk about this. So the Holy Spirit helps us to understand things of the spiritual nature. This is what Jesus kind of refers to and what I'm going to throw up on the screen. It helps you understand things that perhaps you never got a grasp of before. So Jesus says this, the helper is the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him in my place, and he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything and help you remember everything I have told you. And then he goes on. He says, I still have many things that I want to say to you. He's like, there's just so much I want to teach you, but I got to go. But here's the deal, okay? You're just not strong enough to understand them now. I wish I could teach you all about it now. You're just not ready right now. So the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he will lead you into all truth. See, what Jesus is saying to his disciples, and it's true for all of us, that in the life of a believer, spiritual understanding comes in stages. It is unreasonable for you to think that if you said yes to Jesus today, after this church service is done with, that you're going to understand as much about Jesus as somebody who's been a Christian for five years or 10 years or 30 years. Unreasonable. Jesus understands this. He gets this. And that's why he's sending the Holy Spirit. This is why we say at this church, my friend reminded me, that you can know God in a moment. You can say yes to Jesus in a moment, but it will take a lifetime to figure out what that means. It's going to take you a lifetime to truly figure out what you just said yes to. But that's why the Holy Spirit has been sent, to help you figure that out. So let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but just let me ask you a question. How many of you have attempted to read the Bible but gave up? You've opened it up and you said, all right, you know what? This is just something I got to do. I really should read this. And you sit down to read it and maybe you're, you're too busy. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're just not a good reader or you're confused and you just say, mm, forget it. Never mind. Church on Sunday is good enough for me. I'll leave this up to somebody else. Here's the truth. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. This is one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is here. And I don't just mean open your eyes. I mean, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life to illuminate the scriptures so that you actually understand what you're wanting to understand. When you read the Bible, you need to understand. When you read the Bible, you need to the Holy Spirit will help you understand. This is why Jesus sent him, to teach you and lead you into truth, okay? But here's the other thing. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to prepare you and your heart, okay? Hold on one second, guys. The confidence monitor is one ahead. Move it back one. This allows me to know what you guys are reading here. Perfect. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart. Here's the deal. You don't want to just understand mentally, all right? We want to have the Holy Spirit move us from mental ascent to strong faith. You want to get to a place where you don't just understand what you're reading, but that your heart is being changed by what the words on the page are saying to you. This is what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life. You want to move from mental ascent, understanding, to heart change. Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you will know, and perhaps you never realized this before, but the Holy Spirit will reveal new truths to you. This is why you can continually read the Bible and see new things. Have you ever opened up a piece of scripture that you've read a thousand times before? Just some story that's just 
Let's take David and Goliath, right? You grew up in the church. You heard it a million times. We talked about it from this stage. And all of a sudden, something new pops off the page, and you go, I never saw this before. How did I miss this all these years? Well, you didn't just miss it. Holy Spirit is just showing you something new in this time of study. That's what he's doing. Lastly, and this is really interesting, the Holy Spirit will prompt you to recall truths. See, Jesus said, my Holy Spirit is going to come and help you remember what I've said. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody, and maybe you're out to dinner, or maybe, who knows where you are, and they're kind of sharing something that's going on in their life. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a verse pops into your head. Just, whoa. And out of nowhere, this verse that you read, or you heard, or something you learned at church, just out of nowhere, maybe it was months ago, it comes to the surface. And you go, hey, you know what? I read this once, or I learned this once, and it applies to your life. That is the Holy Spirit, folks, working in your life, prompting you to use the truths that you learned to help other people. That is why he's there. The other major category that the Holy Spirit works in is that he helps us to be more like Jesus. Now, this one I find particularly interesting. This is the one that I'm going to talk about, and you're going to say, yeah, you know what? I have seen this. Let me ask you a question. Those of you who have said yes to Jesus, just those of you who have said yes to Jesus, do you find that you act and think differently than you used to? So I was talking with a friend this week. We were texting, and I asked him this question. I said, do you, do you find that since you've said yes to Jesus, because he kind of grew up in the church, and then he left, and a few years ago, he said yes to Jesus again for the first time, he'll say. And he goes, he goes 100%. 100%. He goes, before... I would find myself susceptible to joining in a negative speak in an attempt to fit in. Now, with Jesus in my life, I aim to spread love, and I love this, even at the risk of alienating myself from that particular conversation. The old man, he would have done whatever it would have taken to be accepted by friends. Gossip, slander, whatever it is, He's going to join in on it because it's going to get him friends. But now he's saying, you know what? That's not me anymore. In fact, I'd rather lose those group of friends that I so desperately wanted than to be that old way. He continues, and he says, I also find myself actively praying for others on a regular basis. And I love the way he says this next thing. I am beginning to take that next step. He's not like actively doing it. He's kind of just putting his toe in. Actively beginning, sorry, to take, to engage others in a conversation about Christ because I now know what that love feels like. Folks, this is evidence of the Holy Spirit in this man's life. And I'm sure you're reading this and you're saying, that's not my story exactly, but yeah, something like that is taking place in my life. That is the Holy Spirit actively working in your life to change you. So then I posed this question to him, and I'll ask you, do you find at times that you slip back into your old self? All of a sudden, maybe you get a little angry like you used to. Maybe you have a few too many drinks one night and you do something that you used to do back in the day but you're trying not to do anymore. Or it just seems like, whatever the case may be, you just seem to lose control. I asked this man this question. He goes, yeah, that does happen. While I have Jesus in my life, I am not without temptation. But, now, I feel conviction when temptation arises. He's saying, you know, the old me would do whatever I want, and I would never feel bad. 
just lived it up, would never feel bad. But now when I kind of slip up, when I start being like the guy I used to be, there's this conviction there, he uses that word. There's this sense of, I'll use the word guilt you may feel, or there's just this uneasiness that is now in my life that accompanies the, the, the old self. Here's what's going on. If this is happening in your life, here's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is attempting to clean out the junk and your spirit is fighting back. You need to understand that in your life right now, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have the old spirit and you have his spirit and they are taking up residence right alongside each other and they are constantly going at war. The Holy Spirit's trying to clean up your act. The old Jews saying not so fast. Paul one of the New Testament writers, talks about this exact scenario. He says this in Galatians. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He's saying, I I think you should do this. You should let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. He goes, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. And you feel it, and you know what I'm talking about, and you know what he's talking about. Here's the truth. As you grow in your walk with God, you need to ask the Spirit to help you be a better version of yourself. To say it in a different way, you need to submit to the Holy Spirit. You need to get to a place in your life where you're saying, oof, you know what? I need to turn this aspect of my life over to the Holy Spirit. This thing that's, that's, that I'm struggling with, I need to turn that aspect of my life over to the Holy Spirit. Change me, Lord. Change me. Here's what Paul says. He goes, here's the deal. He goes, if you don't do this, he goes, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, he goes, because you can do that. When you follow your desires, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, whatever that is, Okay? Hostility, quarreling, jealousy. He goes on. Keeps, hips keep coming. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Guys, here's the deal. I, I don't know what this looks like in your life. I don't know what this looks like in your life, what those issues are, but you do. And the Holy Spirit does too. I mean, just as we're having this conversation, I can guarantee you these issues are popping up in your mind, and you're going, yeah, that's something I struggle with. This is a problem. I've been wanting to just get rid of this, but it's just, it's, I can't seem to get rid of it. My friend this week, another friend, said this, and I want to give him credit. We were talking about this, and he goes, here's the deal. With those desires, you can't beat those desires alone, or you already would have. The old self, those things that you're trying to think that you can get a handle on, if you already could, you would have. And you have it, and you can't. And that's why the Holy Spirit is inside of you, to fight that battle for you. But when you continue in sin, here's the truth. The Holy Spirit, he's not going to allow you to be comfortable in sin. The gentleman was talking about before, he goes, you know, when I mess up, when I slip, there's this sense of conviction. There's this uneasiness. When you have said yes to Jesus, but yet you decide to continue living the old life. You need to understand that that Holy Spirit does not want to live alongside that sin. 
He is not going to allow you to be comfortable. You're going to feel this gnawing sensation that you need to say, I'm sorry, or make things right, or there's just something that is off. Now, what's interesting is that for many of us, we have strong biblical opinions about sin. And we say, well, I don't agree that this particular thing is a sin. I know the Bible says it, but I don't agree. Well, the reality is that it's not really up to us to decide what is and what isn't a sin. That is handed down to us by God. The question we have to ask is, what's next? But if you are doing things in your life that the Bible says is a sin, and you find yourself constantly having to defend your actions, and you're constantly tense, and people are angry, and you're angry, and you're just trying to live your life, so to speak, that's the Holy Spirit not letting you be comfortable. Okay, folks? But here's the truth. When you hand over your, the keys of your life to the Holy Spirit and go, you drive. I'm done. You drive. Here is what you can expect to happen. Paul says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says this, and I love this. There's no law against any of these. Have at it. Do as much of this as you want, okay? Here's the list again. Look at this, look at this list. Love, joy, peace. Pay. Do any of these look like the old you? Because like, when I look at this list, none of these represent the old John. It just doesn't look like this. But when you say yes to Jesus, when you hand over the keys to your life to the Holy Spirit, and you just say, you drive, you take over, clean up my life. I can't do it alone. Help me. Here's what you're going to find out. You'll find yourself loving in a new way. People that drove you crazy before, well, they're still going to drive you crazy, but now you want to do the right thing. You're going to love your wife better. You're going to love your husband better, your ex, your relationship. You're going to try to make that better as best as you can. You're going to start loving people in a new way. You're going to find yourself being more patient. Number one problem in my life, I fight this. Maybe it's because I'm from New Jersey. I don't know. Just not a patient person, okay? Losing my mind at all times of the day. It's only hurting me. I wish it would hurt them. It's not. It's not making them speed up. But this is an issue in my life where I have to say, Holy Spirit, can you help me here? I'm just losing my mind. It's not helping me. You'll find yourself being more patient. And for the first time in your life, you'll be able to truly exhibit self-control. I mean, imagine getting to a place in your life where you can finally say no. And I know this because the Holy Spirit empowers you to say no to the old self. The Holy Spirit is inside of you to empower you to say no to the other spirit. Um, here's what's interesting. Paul wraps up this conversation by saying this. He says, those of us who belong to Christ, those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we have nailed our sinful old selves on his cross. Our sinful desires are now dead. You have to understand that when you said yes to Jesus, Jesus not only put himself up on that cross for you, but your old self, the old desires have been nailed up there alongside him. Jesus didn't just die to save you from your sins. He died to set you free 
from the enslavement sin has you in. You no longer have to say yes to the old you. You can say no. You can put that behind you because of what Jesus has done and is doing through you. Lastly, Holy Spirit helps us achieve our ultimate purpose. So I think when we talk about our ultimate purpose, we often think about, well, my ultimate purpose is to start a business and let it be successful, or to travel the world, or maybe to have a family. And those are good things, and those are life goals. But when you say yes to Jesus, that's not your ultimate purpose. In Acts, Jesus lets us know what he wants from us. He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, and he's speaking to every single one of us, will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's your ultimate goal. And see, here's the deal, folks. Everything the Holy Spirit is doing in you is to prepare you to point others to Jesus. And he gives you understanding so that, of Scripture so that you can teach others about Jesus. He convicts you of sin and changes your behavior so others can see Jesus in you, can see, oh my gosh, you can be changed. What's different about you? Can you tell me what has happened in your life? And ultimately, he empowers you to go out and change the world for the cause of Christ. There's a christian term for you, the cause of Christ. Here's what that means. He's telling his disciples, I'm sending the Spirit to empower you, to come anew so that you guys can go to Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea. But for us, he's saying, so you can talk to the people in your house or at your work or in Fort Lauderdale or in Florida or America. That's why he's there. That's our ultimate goal. So what's the practical? If it's your first time here at Downtown Harbor Church, we put this word up on the screen every week because we want to make sure that you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So Paul challenged us, and I'm going to challenge you, to let the Holy Spirit guide your life. He's not going to force his way on you, but he is inside of you looking to make changes, looking to help you be a better version of yourself, looking to help you understand, understand Scripture for the very first time. I would just challenge you. Let go of the old you. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Let him guide your life. So this next one, and we didn't talk about this at all, but this week I just felt led. There's another christian term. We're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. You ever heard someone say that? They're, what they're, that's shorthand for led by the Holy Spirit. I felt like I should talk about this. And I, I don't know if it was because someone's dealing with this or, or whatever the case may be, but I would challenge you to let the Holy Spirit guide your prayer life. Prayer is one of the most important things that we can do on this earth. It is the only way that we can communicate with God and is the only way that we can truly help other people by communicating their needs to God. Now, what's interesting is that I hear a lot of people say, I'm not good at praying. I'm just not good at it. I don't know what to say. 
I don't know the words to use. I don't really know what to ask for. I get distracted. It's just, I'm just not a praying kind of a person. If you're a person in this room who have said the words, I'm not good at praying, I don't know what to say, I don't even know how to pray for the people that have asked me to pray, Paul is speaking directly to you in Romans 8. And he says this, In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us where we are weak. We do not know how to pray or what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit Praise to God for us with sounds that cannot be put into words. Paul is saying here is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He knows exactly what's happening in your life right now. He knows exactly what's happening in the life of your loved ones, what's happening at work, what's happening in the world, and he is praying on your behalf. You may not know what to say. You may not know what to do. Holy Spirit is praying for you. It goes on. He says, God knows the hearts of men. Before you even ask, God knows what you're going to ask for. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what the Holy Spirit is thinking. The Holy Spirit prays for those who belong to Christ the way God wants him to pray. So you may not think you know what to say or how to even pray or that you can stay focused, but here's the deal. The Holy Spirit will help you. You can ask him, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. What are the words that I need to say? Because he's communicating on your behalf. And the truth is, God just wants to hear from you. He doesn't care that you don't have the right words. He doesn't care that you're not a theological scholar with a verbose vocabulary and flowery language. He doesn't care. Just talk to him, and Holy Spirit will help you get the job done. So, because I know someone's thinking this, because I asked this question myself, and in my research this week of the Holy Spirit, this came up time and time again on Google. To whom do I pray? All right, the Father is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. I now believe that they are all equal. Who am I praying to? So the truth is, there's no right or wrong way to pray. But Jesus does give us a pattern for prayer. And I think it's wise of us just to follow Jesus' lead. So here's what you have to understand. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me pray before. We we speak to the Father, and we end by saying, in Jesus' name we pray. And all of that happens, as Paul says, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through everything we are saying, the power of the Holy Spirit is going in that prayer and is helping to elevate it to God's ears. Lastly is this. Stay humble. This is an issue for Christians. Many times, as Christians become seasoned in their walk, so to speak, have been in the church for a long time, we begin to think a little bit too much of ourselves. I got it all together. I'm looking good. My act is clean. Look at how much of the Bible that I know. And we start looking at new Christians, or we start looking at those outside of the church, and we judge them for their behavior. We judge them for what they don't know. But the truth is, you are where you are because of the Holy Spirit. You can't take credit for that. The changes in your life and the knowledge you have, 
It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what the Holy Spirit has done in you. So be humble. Because when you're humble, that's attractive. And when people are attracted to you, they ask you questions, and you'll get to talk about Jesus. And that's your ultimate goal. Recognize the power of the Holy Spirit and call on him to help you. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity these last two weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit. Part of the Trinity, Lord, that we often don't recognize, but is just doing so much in our lives. Today, Lord, I want to pray specifically for people who who have said yes to you, but are struggling with the old self. Lord, if that battle is just raging, raging so loudly in our lives, Lord, I pray that today you would unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in a new way, in a fresh way, Lord, that you would fill them today with the Holy Spirit so that they know that they can give up the fight and you will fight those battles for them. Lord, you died to save us from our sins, Lord, and you died so that we don't have to be enslaved by them in this life. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that's been active in our lives, even when we didn't even recognize it. We place all of these requests in Jesus' name. Amen.